the name of our coming Lord, Jesus Christ. Houston, we have a problem. It's the famous line in the movie Apollo 13. There's been a massive explosion on the spaceship Apollo 13, and Tom Hanks, the character playing the character Jim Lovell, says, Houston, we have a problem. Talk about understatement. It's a problem indeed, and their very lives depended on this problem being solved as they're hurtling through space now with the crippled spacecraft. Today, I stand in this pulpit and tell you, Bethany, we have a problem. We have a problem, it is a huge, huge problem. And it's just not your problem. It's a problem plaguing Christians all over the globe. And here's the problem, and it's very evident. The church seems to be fading. Many Christians seem only to have a muted sense of joy and hope, and so often, even Christians are filled with fear and dread about the future as they hear about COVID, violence, inflation, and a myriad of, of other problems both here and abroad. Younger people, including many of our youth at Bethany, fall into the world's ways and do not seem to care at all about being faithful to the Lord. Overall, there is not the joy and the hope and the peace living in the sure hope of Jesus coming back and that today might be the day you see Jesus face to face. There seems to be a vague sense of eternal life rather than the vivid and living hope of Jesus coming back. Bethany, we have a problem. It's a great problem, but there's more than a solution. There's joy, peace, and hope for you this day in Christ Jesus and the blessed hope of his return so that your re eternal life would be with him forever and ever. Listen, my brothers and sisters, to the words of Jesus from our gospel lesson. People fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. You can live in joy and peace and hope because your redemption is drawing near. Christians live in hope, a sure hope, a sure joy, as our Lord is indeed returning soon. Today's gospel lesson, Jesus lays his cards on the table. This earth is in for some bad times. You can see it all around you. You are still living in an age where you hear of COVID, violence and murder, great economic fear, tremendous discord in our own country, increasing tensions and violence in so many areas of the world, increased drug and addiction problems in our midst, a total collapse of morality in our society, a loss of the value of the lives of even precious little babies in the womb, the lack of values for the sick and the elderly, and increased anxiety and depression even among our children and youth. The older you get and the more you look around, the more you see that this world is indeed a valley of sorrows, as the Catechism puts it.
Now, this is not to say that your Lord, who is loving, has no desire for you just to have constant sorrow in this age. Not at all. No, it is a blessing to gather for Thanksgiving with family, to enjoy good food, to enjoy the beautiful lights and music as you prepare for Christmas, for you to go to work in your job and community to help this world in this age to go on. And there can be very pleasurable times for you in your future in this age. There'll be more family gatherings, more trips, more dinners, and more opportunities to laugh. But all earthly things pass away. You cannot create paradise here on earth, no matter what Black Friday sales tell you. Loved ones will age or fall into poor health. Your own health will one day disappear. You will know others who have tragedy and pain in their lives. You cannot create paradise here on earth. And even if you could, it will not compare to what Jesus has prepared for you. This world is ultimately a valley of sorrows. This is what it is and always has been since the fall. The world that was created so perfect, so wonderful, so peaceful. The world that God made so that Adam and Eve could live forever in Eden in perfect fellowship with God, with creation, and in perfect love with each other and the children that were to follow that world is corrupted and polluted by the fall. And you are part of the corruption and the pollution. One reason that the church today is not as joyous and hopeful is that there's a dulled sense of how bad sin is and how bad the fall is. Look carefully at your own self and be careful that you do not have a dulled sense of your own sinfulness. Almighty, and holy God still says to you, you must be holy as I, the Lord, your God, am holy. His law in terms of having pure sexual thoughts and actions is still firm. His law about remembering the Sabbath day is still firm. His law about loving your neighbor as yourself is still firm. He demands absolute perfection and you are not perfect. On your own, you are trapped in the slavery of sin. You cannot buy or work your way out of it. If you do not take your sins seriously and see your own corruption and how your sins pollute God's world, you are lost and you will spend your, your eternity in hell. You need redemption, a buying back from your sins. In our gospel lesson today, Jesus says this, your redemption draws near. Listen carefully, this is a marvelous promise. Your redemption draws near. Jesus Christ, true God and true man, the one born at Christmas took your sins, your unrighteousness, your iniquities, and he suffered and died on the cross in your place. He paid the full price for your sins, for the sins of the world. He redeemed you. And his redemption is actually far more than just a payment for sin. He died so that you would now have the joy of being able to see God as your father. And you can boldly claim your place right now as God's child. 
His redemption means that you are now clothed with Christ's righteousness and his blood covers all your sins. We see lovely baptismal robes on children in the waters of baptism. That's because Jesus covers their sins. You too are covered in your baptism. His righteousness is now your righteousness. His redemption means that you are saved from sin, death, and hell. He died for you so that you would live. And now he, Jesus, crucified, is now the risen one, risen from the dead. He's ascended to the right hand of the Father. And Jesus promises to return again so that you will live with him forever. Now, until his return in glory, you still live in the peace of being with Jesus, even when you die. In Luke 23, Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. His soul went to be with Jesus that very day. When Christians die, their souls go to be with Jesus in paradise. But meanwhile, so many Christians remain in this world being persecuted, mourning the death of loved ones, suffering from disease and from loneliness. Being with Jesus in paradise is not the true Christian hope, as the true Christian hope found in the New Testament is to be resurrected with a glorious body and for all the saints to be united body and soul and to live with Jesus forever in the New Jerusalem. True Christian hope in the New Testament is always looking forward to the coming of Jesus and us being body and soul in the New Jerusalem. Your redemption draws near. This is such good news for you. Jesus is coming back and he's coming back for all of you. He's coming back and you will be reunited, reunited with all your loved ones who died in this age. He is coming back and you will live in the New Jerusalem where all the glory of the creation will be restored. When he comes back, you will be given a glorified body that is absolutely perfect and you will never suffer pain or disease or any other suffering again. All the saints, including your loved ones in Christ, will also get glorified bodies. All those who wasted away with cancer or suffered bitter pain will get glorified bodies. One reason that Christians today have a muted sense of joy is that they concentrate too much on just a soul being in paradise and they do not listen to the New Testament about the full experience of eternal life in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting as we just confessed in the Nicene Creed where all Christians are all in one place, all together, never to suffer anymore, and all of us will be in the presence of Jesus. We will all then be able to hug each other physically, being able to look with your own eyes and to see the face of Jesus. You will be able to eat at his eternal banquet, and you will be able to sing with your own vocal cords the eternal song of praise. This is the promise, your redemption draws near. This is found in the New Jerusalem. Being in paradise for a short time while many of the saints still suffer on earth does not compare with being with Jesus forever when he returns with all the saints. Jesus is coming back and it will be glorious. You sell eternal life short when you think of just your own being with Jesus or just 
a few of your loved ones being with Jesus in paradise while other Christians still suffer. Jesus has bigger plans and he's going to bring those plans to fruition. He's coming back and he's coming back soon. The eternal life that Jesus promises for you in the New Jerusalem is far greater than even streets lined with gold or pearly gates. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, No eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who loved him. Look up. Your redemption is drawing near. When you look at the New Testament, it is clear that Christians were eager for the return of Christ. We heard it today in our epistle lesson, and we'll hear it next week again in the epistle lesson. Christians in the New Testament era, they lived in expectation. Quite simply, they wanted to see Jesus face to face. My brothers and sisters, today might be the day when you see Jesus face to face. Today might be the day that Jesus returns and he will wipe every tear from your eyes and you and all the saints will live with him in eternal joy and peace forever. No more temptations, no more death, no more disease, no more dread, no more fear. And because that's a sure hope, Jesus is indeed coming back. You in this age can live joyfully, confidently, and real hope. We gather this day because we are, in a sense, anticipating the Lord's return. The same Jesus who will return in glory will feed you with his body and blood. But there's an anticipation of the eternal marriage feast of the Lamb. Our songs today are an anticipation of the eternal praise and glory before our Heavenly Father. You are Christ's people this day. Bethany, we have a problem. Bethany, you have the solution. It's Jesus, and he's coming back. Amen.